We're live. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's me. I'm sorry. I forgot <laughs> what we were doing. I was waiting for you. That's okay. That happens. All right, you guys. Welcome to Altered Universe Live. Yes, I know. We have lots of fun here, and then we forget what we're doing. <laughs> Today, if you are just like us or most Americans, you probably have a pet or two. We're going to discuss how the pet industry has changed and what's to come. So without further ado, let's roll. Hello, everybody. Didn't you love our intro? I made that on purpose. Um, <laughs> all right, you guys. So today we are going to talk about a topic that we all love a lot. It is our pets, our fur babies, whatever you want to call them. They are part of the family. So as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, over 70% of Americans have at least one animal at home. Uh, this is from an article that I pulled from for in 2022. Now I'm going to start off and give a question out to you guys to see what you think. In 2020, what do you think the number was as far as how much money was in the pet industry? You want to take a guess? Um, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hundreds of thousands. Let's go a little bit higher. We we're actually at $100 billion in 2020. Now, with that number, uh, no. five years from now, they have an estimate. Do you want to you think you want to know or no? Okay. So no clue. No clue? Okay. By 2027, they're estimated to be $360 billion industry of pets. Uh, this could be anything from uh, services, food, products, uh, home care, outside care, and of course, veterinary care, which probably makes up a chunk of what it is. But I want to throw those numbers out first to give you guys an idea of what we're talking about here, because this is not just any old business. This is a business that professionals do, that non-professionals do, that right. you can do on the side if you want to. We're going to talk about different aspects. And the first one, I know firsthand because I did this for a little while in multiple places, and I'm going to do this from a scientific point because I have many things to say and nobody wants to hear most of those words. So <laughs> we're going to talk about this from the play way. Uh, from a, a, a uh, site called gingerapp.com, they wrote a basically what you need to know to start up a doggy daycare. Now, obviously, since we're not going to be teaching how to do that, we're going to pull some of the numbers to give you an idea of what it is. Okay. So first things first, financial consideration. What do you need? Now, this is kind of funny because this is what you talk to me about when I'm doing my own work here. The first and foremost thing is can you reach your target audience? Are you in an area that is going to use it? Now, nine times out of 10, and this might just be my California mind, almost every city I know in California has some sort of doggy daycare, whether it's a big business like a PetSmart or a kind of mom and pop home-based one, because those are very popular as well. Or, or, or um, the resort kind. We have one here in the desert called Grand Paw. The resort kind. I actually worked in one of those in Westlake Village. Yes, the, yes, the over-the-top, like, why did I bring my dog? We have cabanas for the dogs. <laughs> because that's what your dog needs, right? Because you can. Um, the next thing you want to decide, the services you can do. Can you do only daytime? Can you do overnight care? Do you offer training? Things like that. And then obviously, lastly, what are you going to price everything at? Now, this is going to kind of come down to your area, right? In California, most things are higher priced because we're California. 
And that's what it's going to be. So most of the time, a, a not even just a fancy one, but a regular uh, uh, daycare could be anywhere from 50 to 60 bucks per night if you're staying over. Right. And it goes higher depending on it. If you want to give them one-on-one time, if you want to give them an ice cream treat. Or a bath or, or something. Or something. A bath. And trust me, you can give them a whole hell of a lot of things that I don't even give my own pets. And they're probably going, why are you not doing this for me? It's because you already have enough things that you know at home. Next up, do you have the uh, required equipment? So first up, do you have the facilities to hold? So if you're going to be holding down a doggy daycare, you obviously need a place to do so. You need a place for the indoor for them to be when they're sleeping, eating, or relaxing. And an outdoor for when they're going to go run around. Also keep in mind, if you're going to have different sizes, different breeds, you might have to have separate areas. A lot of times, like at dog parks, you don't really mix the two together. Not because of any other reason than size. If a big dog falls on a small dog, it's an accident waiting to happen. Not that the big dog was mean. It's just, it's a big dog and it's heavy. (laughs) Next up, what physical equipment do you need? Of course, you're going to want some play structures. You're going to want the bowls. You're going to want the toys. You might want to have some water features for when they get hot. Um, Leashes, poop bags, anything that you would have at home, you're going to want a kind of Costco size, right? And bulk up. Lastly, most important, your staff. Do you have the people that can come and do the work for you? Because most likely you'll be doing the paperwork in the back. You're going to need some people out there like I was taking care of the dogs, watching them. Does it does the same thing about insurance? Do you have to? Oh, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to get to that one in a minute. Okay. Um, next up, though, they talk about how you're going to sell. Some places do prepaid. So, for instance... At the one I worked at, if you came in for doggy daycare but decided to stay overnight, they might take off maybe 15% off your overnight bill. And if you stay for a week, they might even package it. So sometimes you can do prepackage. Memberships. If you are one of those people, because we had a lot of people who were actors, people who were frequent flyers, and they were always on the job they became members because they always were out of town. So you can also do a loyalty program. Now, again, somebody's going to, and, and this is just my personal thing. If that's your thing, I would probably have somebody at home doing it, to be honest. I, you know, or if you are an actor doing that, maybe a pet's not really in your thing. If you're really always out doing your job, just a personal thing. But you can do that. And then, of course, you have the unique services, grooming services, training services, other things like that. Now, of course, you brought up a very good point, the legal requirements. So before we get to the insurances, sole proprietorship. So you need to, you know, obviously maintain that this is your business. You want to make sure it's your own. You want to make sure you're not taking somebody else's name. You got to act as if this is a brick and mortar because it basically is. And uh, I think, yeah, and I think they can. You would file for a DBA, doing business as whatever your your uh, dog business is. So you have that legal entity as well. Right now, if you want to partner up, because maybe it'll help you with the cost, you can also think about doing that. Maybe you and somebody else you know wants to do it, or if it's something like PetSmart, which was already a pet store, they have some sort of deal where they now have a doggy daycare. They're not focused on doggy daycare, but they now have the ability right. to do so because they probably got a third party that we don't know about that is helping right. them do right. that. 
there's the corporations and this is for the big business as well. And then of course the limited liability company, kind of like what you were going off for a second in that as well. Now, when it comes to the insurance, there's three that they recommend that you have to have. There's commercial liability. What happens if something happens in the building, to the building, whatever. There's the property that is specifically, you know, natural disaster, robbery, fire, something breaks. What are you going to do? And then, of course, professional. If something happens to the dog, if something happens to the customer or if something happens to you, you got to be, you know, you got to have the insurance to do that. So what does that mean for the business there. This itself, and again, I didn't get an exact number, is probably one of the bigger non-veterinary businesses out there. As you mentioned, as I mentioned, almost every city, and I'm sure every state probably has this, some sort of doggy daycare system. Now, I do kind of like the uh, mom and pop, but because they're not necessarily always legit, if you have to go with the doggy daycare, I would say go with the business. However, like I said, I'm not going to name names, but even in a business setting, as this article says, accidents happen. So just keep. You just need to do your homework. You need to see what the reviews are. Go on Yelp. See what people are saying about those particular locations. And if you if they're if they're all giving you, you know, four or five stars or like mostly five, I think, wouldn't you agree, Rob, that you can probably be pretty comfortable knowing that it's going to be pretty okay if there's no like bad bad reviews Um, if you know the risk going into it before you shouldn't be shocked if something happens i mean i've been in situations where dogs were were really badly injured luckily there was a vet on hand that took care of it Right. right the customers kind of come in and go why did that happen and that's kind of the disconnect there you you should know better when you're doing that because dogs are dogs or for that matter sometimes you can do cats as well it's going to happen if something goes wrong same thing with people you put too many people in a room somebody might get you know offended and something might happen so for me it's less of a you know is it safe and more of a you're handing us over your your family member keep in mind somebody might get into something, something might happen. We're not saying it's going to. We're just saying that dogs like to be dogs. Right. And, and people like their dogs. I think you weigh the risks also. Like in our case, yes, we had never we had never boarded our dogs ever before. And then we moved here and we used to have people come to the house, right? And watch, watch the dogs. And then we couldn't find anybody because we were new here. So we took that huge leap going to a resort to check the dogs in. And I have to yeah. tell you, one of the benefits of doing that is acclimating the dog with other dogs. When you have dogs that are not used to playing with other dogs and you're out walking them and they're, you know, that kind of thing. When they start acclimating to having other dogs there, it actually, I think it's fun for them. And I think you weigh the risk. I think what you're saying is absolutely true, but I think the other side is also absolutely true. Know what you're getting into, decide that the risks are worth it or not, and let your dog go and have some fun. We were so nervous and they were they were like so upset to see us again because they were having such a good time, which I guess is the sign. Unless dogs just don't know any better, but they had a blast. They literally, if they could talk, I think they would have said, "Can we go back?" <laughs> or just leave us here. But you brought up a good point, and this comes into our second thing here. Right. Let's say you don't want to go with the full stream dog uh, doggy daycare. So there are other 
types of jobs like that. Now, we're not going to go into anything veterinary or zookeeper wise because those are pretty legitimate big time jobs. Those are the jobs that you have to go to school for. Those are the jobs that you have to have. Um, what do you call it? Uh, on the hand training, all this stuff. So what we're talking about here for other pet jobs, things like pet store employees, groomers, right. trainers, dog sitters. Now, I will caveat, yes, obviously to do those things, you have to have some sort of training, especially if you're a groomer or a trainer, but you can usually do that outside. I know people who do that separate from their schooling and they got a certificate doing that. But the question that we have for you guys here, are these non-big uh, animal jobs good, bad, reliable, or fad? Now, this is strictly opinion because honestly, I racked my mind. I was on the internet trying to find it. I could not find a good article on any of this because to be honest, it was their personal opinion, which really didn't go with our topic, right? Because they can say something about it. It's not going to work. So good or bad. Now, it, that's kind of, you know, you said it. It's kind of you weigh the risk and rewards to it. Right. I think people who will come to your house to groom your dog will train your dog. That's probably one of the best things ever, right? Because you can have people come and they can take care of your dog's cleanliness. They can take care of your dog's training. And for that matter, like you said, if you're not into bringing a dog to daycare, they can come over and watch him for the night or for right. the day and do whatever. I guess the real question, you know, is reliability or a trend? Is this something that you would put all of your money into knowing that you may or you may not end up with a five-star review? So as it, as the person doing the, the dog, the pet jobs, is that what you mean? Would you, well, I mean more from the person getting it, but you, you actually make a good point. The person doing it too. Do you think that if you were going to find a job, would you put all your eggs into doing that job? Or do you think that it's kind of one of those? Well, no, I mean, in this day, side age, hustles or whatever. I, have, I actually think times have changed. And I think that in fact, it could be a really great job because as you alluded to earlier, we love our furry friends. We love our pets, they are our family members. Yeah. And I i have not seen all of studies, but I have seen studies that literally say people will spend on their dogs when they won't spend on themselves. And so right. I do think it is a, uh, it could be a very lucrative job if you just, if you end up getting with a couple of people that they travel and they just want to know that they have that person to come. We had somebody in when we were living up north who walked the dogs three times a week because both of us worked full time and really right. couldn't get the dogs out. And then she would stay at the house when we would go away and she became almost part of the family. So I think um, that if you set yourself up right, it could be a very lucrative job. You just have to figure out what, you know, where, as you said, what's what's the going rate in the city that you're in or maybe you move somewhere that has a very high rate of being hired for stuff like that right and then also you know the the target audience who who still wants to do that who doesn't want to do that right um so yeah i mean you know my answer i guess kind of on yours too i mean i i guess it might have been a fad at one point because it was at one point it was kind of a hmm but I guess you're right. It really depends on what you're thinking. Uh, luckily for you and I, we're at home. I can, you know, do what I got to do. When we do have to bring them in, we have our vet, you know, 10 minutes from here. Right. Not a big issue. We, we just found out where our emergency vet was. So that's good to know. I always recommend people doing that in case your regular vet's closed, find your good emergency. Point. Good point. But yeah, I mean, it's... It, I guess it depends on the lifestyle. You said, you know, earlier when you were up north, you were doing more different work. So you right. needed the extra thing. 
And now I maybe take, not so yeah, much and because right. And I couldn't take the dog with me when I went because we had two dogs. We had a very large German Shepherd who has since passed away, unfortunately. But he was like ninety pounds. It's not the kind of thing that you could take with you. Right. Exactly. We have the other little dog, which is you know over there. He's like under fifteen pounds. I could technically take him with me. But sometimes you just want to get away without the pets, right? <laughs> I'll take your word for that one. But, sure. no. um, but that is true. Now, lastly, for this one here, um, there's one, I guess it's now a, a job, the use of support animals. I don't know if you want to put a skeeter up for a minute and show him. I will. Um, I, I was able to get him in the vest, so I couldn't get him with the vest on. But how, um, this interesting fact here. 12% of people, at least in America, have adopted a pet since the pandemic and other related reasons. Not necessarily for the service animal, but I think there's probably connection there, right? Mm -hmm. So in terms of support animals, what is the business? Well, it's really more of the people who are training them to be used. So for instance, the biggest one is veteran services. So there's the Canine Warrior Foundation, Um I think there's just a U.S. Army one that does that for you. And that's a big business, right? Because you basically get a perfectly trained, it's usually either a shepherd or a lab or whatever. And they, they, the only purpose of this training is to make sure you have a dog that will get you through doing it. Right. So this, I think, and again, I, I train, I'm, I'm retraining him because he has been a support dog at home, but I have to, you know, since we haven't gone anywhere, I got to like, you know, oh, look, a vest. Um, but for me personally, and I think for you and others that we know, a support animal job is, I think, one of the more profitable ones, but also one of the more sentimental ones because that pet, that fur baby, because, you know, it's not a thing. It's a, it's a family member. Right. They are connected to you and they literally have a job to do. And their job is to make sure you can handle the daily stressors or whatever right. of your job. And whether it's a physical, whether it's a mental, whatever it is, that's their deal, yeah. right? Like that's. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to bring this up. I don't see it on our script, but there's also the people who train police dogs. Okay. So yeah. So same idea or a res, uh, what's it called? Uh, snow dogs. dogs, the rescue dogs that right. dig through that. And it's funny because if you guys research this stuff, you know, there's a reason why St. Bernard is used for rescue in the snow because back in the 1800s, monks used to have them and that's what they used. St. Bernard's were the only dog you can use to get through the snow. Right. And they would put something on their neck, right? Um, uh, I think oh, would they would put the, I yeah, think so that way when they got to the person, it would warm them up. Um, right. You had police dogs that are usually specifically German shepherds because of their ability. But nowadays you have... Um, what else do we have? Let's see. So, well, oh, that's going to be a good one because we're actually going to talk about food in a few minutes here. So, okay, so I'll me, bring you yeah, back we'll, up in a second. We'll okay. bring you back up in a second. That's actually a good question, though. We good talked question. about that uh, yesterday's video, too. Um, so, yeah, you're right. A lot of dogs that are used for services, you have to have the right dog. And, and, and I think you said you had a dog that kind of flunked out of training. Not all of them can make it. You know, not all the dogs are good. Well, they're too, they're yeah, too and let's, they're and too... let's Yeah, and let's be honest. When dog trainers are training, they're training the adults. They're not training the dogs. So we're yes. the ones who have to be trained. We're the ones who do not follow through on making sure that our dogs. So let's just be clear. About that. That's true. <laughs> Um, all right. So, yeah, so the, that's the pet jobs there. So now obviously the third part of this here, and this is obviously the part that we spend most on, is the product. Obviously, just like we buy ourselves food and medicine and clothes, 
we got to get similar things, even clothes for, for our dogs too. Now we're going to break this down into two parts. So the first one is about uh, medications. You know, from what you've used, I, I have, I'm not even going to go into how many things are in my, my pet's cabinet right now. It's expensive. It's expensive. So VetRx wrote down a blog about over-the-counter, you know, medicines. Now, let me specify here. If your veterinarian or your medical provider for your dog or cat is has them on a specific one that's that, this is not one of those, oh, stop using that and put it on. It's just like people. When the person's on something, don't just stop using it. This is one of those conversations of is there things you can use that are doing it? So please do not take this as a stop giving your pet medicine. Please give your dog or cat medicine, right. you know, and also my cat, my cat's actually on a, on a food stimulant because she wasn't eating for a while. She's on another stimulant for her, her uh, enzymes as well, but over the counter. So for instance, did you know that in the right dosage from your vet, Pepto-Bismol works for upset stomach. I so for that. instance, when Skeeter and Ace, if they get into something they're not supposed to, I will get them their correct dose, put it in a pill pocket, and that's what you do. It's not the cure-all. Now, again, if your dog eats something that's supposed to, bring them in, but you can do that. Another thing for Ace, he's on a Costco brand over-the-counter allergy medicine, basically uh, over-the-counter Claritin or Allegra, whatever it is. We can give them that. Why? Because the vet said, hey, the same amount of stuff in here is right. the same stuff you can get from us, but it's going to be... How much cheaper? Yeah. So, so, so this is so the, the why are there so many products there? You can, for the purposes after getting approval, get the stuff for cheaper, but you also can't. So again, what you know? What are your thoughts? Is it is that something that if you needed to give him something, would you go grab the Pepto if you could, or is he a dog that needs something well, more kind of like ours? First, I think most importantly, trust your vet. Your, uh, if my vet, and, and if you have a vet worth their salt, sometimes they will actually say to you, you know what, you can just do this over the counter. It's it's not a just a, a dog particular medication. There is over the counter, i.e. Pepto-Bismol. So I think the most important part of this is trust your vet. If you don't trust your vet to give you the right information, and maybe you need a vet that's Western and Eastern medication, right? Because there are right. doctors that are Eastern uh, med med um, medication as well. And it's a different kind of, of treatment. So that's my answer to that. All right. Now, I just want to throw out, I forgot to say at the beginning, but vet care and products in 2020 racked up $30 billion by itself. So that just continues to go up as well. Now, kind of going into, we're going to get to our comment in just a second. But before we get to the food part, this is my vent of the world. You know, why there's so many of the same product? I feel like the Seinfeld thing going on. So what are things that we all have for our pets? Well, of course, you have the food you buy. You have their food bowls. You have their leashes. You have their poop bags. If you are like some of us, we had, you know, the clothes for them. We have, um, what else do you have? You have the toys. You have the pet beds. The leashes, the colors. So, my question here, because we actually talk about upcycling as well and actually building some of these products we did on one of our right. other shows. Right. And I just kind of your, your thoughts. Why would you pick one or the other? Or if you were able to make your own, would you go that direction? Probably not make my own. I, I, I'm not good at stuff like that. But I, when I pick products for the dog, I have to keep in mind what they like, what they don't like. 
Sometimes right. I like variety, just like human beings. Sometimes, you know, we tend to think, well, we'll just give them the same treat every single day. It doesn't work that way. Our dogs are, are picky. My dog is very, very picky. Same thing for feeding them food. Why do we have dry food versus wet food? Why do we have food toppers? Why do we have the wet food that you mix with the dry food? Why do we have dogs that don't like any of that? And then you have to give them people food, which I think goes to this gentleman's comment. Well, actually, let's answer. Yeah, so let's answer really quick and kind of do it. All right, so table scraps, never a good idea, to be honest with you. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, yesterday, I did a video uh, about the holidays in your pets and how a lot of stuff is going to be out on the tables. There, there's no necessary reason to do so. Um, one, you know, and, and the list I pulled from, they said there were some human foods you can use, but it wouldn't be things you would just pop off the things. You know, you can give them cooked chicken. You can give them fish sometimes, obviously, right. deboned, de But not from the table. Not but not from the table, exactly. That's the thing. You, and that's the thing, you know, you, you can, if, if you want to, because there's, I think it's the farmer's dog, which is like one of the big wet foods now, and it's basically real food in there. If your vet or whoever says, hey, give them more, you know, stuff, you can make it. You can make your dog food, do all this stuff, obviously with the rules. There's never really a reason to do scraps at all because nine times out of ten, that thing shouldn't be in your mouth. So it probably shouldn't be in right. their mouth. The second part is interesting because I've heard about this. And I know there was a while ago, there was, I guess it was a lion who was kept and basically was being fed a vegetarian diet, which you can't do for a animal like that because they need meat. And the lion ended up passing away because of the diet. Depending on what your definition of vegan is, because obviously I don't know what, what diet you're talking about. not eggs. Is, when you say vegan, are you saying no eggs as well? If you're still on, on, online and watching us, let us know what your specific. Right, exactly. So really, on, to be honest, that's a question. You know, ask your vet if there's a vegan version. But to be honest, they're probably going to tell you if you want to give them more natural Cook them their meals. Make them chicken, right. de-bone, de-skin. Make them – you can actually cook eggs. You can do scrambled eggs. Oh take God. out the, the yolks. Just yeah. use the whites. You can do de-bone, de-skin fish. Depending on the fish, some fish is not good because it's kind of fatty. Okay. Um, what I rice, think, uh, stuff rice, like that. Really good so for your dogs, rice. That's, that's what I want to look up because I don't know exactly what diet you're talking of. But I would say before doing any other diet, talk to your vet. Right. But it is good to see that people want to. Right. What we do now is um, I actually buy um, bags of frozen chicken, cubed up chicken, like Foster Farms, not seasoned. It's just simply chicken, plain chicken that's been cubed. My dog also likes peas and carrots. And so I have a bag of frozen peas and carrots. And again, I Google and I talk to my vet to make sure that the, the vegetables I'm going to serve my, my animal or the food, that it's okay. And what I'll tend to do is I will take some of this frozen chicken, I, which is no seasoning at all. It's just plain chicken. And I will take a handful of frozen uh, peas and carrots and I'll take a handful of kibble. And I mix the whole thing together once it's all defrosted. That way I know he's getting his nutrients. That way I know that he's getting whole food. You know, the chicken, he loves peas and carrots, does not like green beans. It is the funniest thing to watch your dog pick through food and leave the stuff he doesn't like. Sort of like kids. <laughs> well, on this here, 61% of people are willing to pay more for yep. their pet's dietary needs. Yep. So, for instance, if your dog or cat or whatever pet you have is on a specific diet, it turns out most people will spend the extra money. Right. Um, and then just a fun little factor, 21% of people have spent more on their pets 
since everything's begun and right. they continue to buy more and more. Right. So really, I mean, it, it's no wonder the business is where it is. This business obviously will continue to grow. Yeah. And whether you use outside services, whether you do it yourself, I just say the two, the two top things to do, always check with your vet. If you have any, any question, even if it sounds silly, just call your vet. And then number two, like you said, go through, you know, after you get the information, go through the things that your pet's going to like. Right. If your dog or cat, you know, if your vet says, okay, try X, Y, and Z, go look at X, Y, and Z. You know, your cat, you know, your dog say, which of these three is going to work and then pick out your personal one. Right. You might end up with an animal that you're going to have to buy five different versions of food before you find it. It's happened to me. Not fun because then you end up with bags of dog food and nobody, apparently nobody takes them back once they're open because it's like harmful. Yeah. So you might end up doing that. What are you going to do? But really the the biggest thing is talk to your, your medical professional or your, your vet and see what they say. If you have any questions. And again, I always say the ASPCA has a poison control hotline, which I should have grabbed. I didn't even think about that. I'll, I'll grab that for later you to put that up there. Um, but find your emergency vet. That's probably the biggest thing. So all you got to do is Google emergency vets in your city. You'll probably find at least two or three that are within maybe 20 or 30 minutes from you. That way, because, and again, I say this because of the holidays, because a lot of stuff is going to be closed down, emergency vets for the most part are like 24 six. They're like always almost there. They might be right. off a couple hours, right? right, right. But they're always going to be there. So that's the biggest takeaway here. So so we want to share a couple of things because we had Skeeter there with his with his um, bandana, yes. and um, we we think that you guys should go get your dog a bandana. We want to share a couple of ones that uh, we've created. Of course, our show is called Altered Universe Live, so maybe you want to get on your bandana, you know, this Altered Universe Live, and put it on your dog or yourself. Another version of it because there are like little bubbles. We've got the the thought bubble, and then finally we have just the plain. Bubble, bubble, bubble. And then finally, um, just so you know what kind of it looks like, you can get them in white and you can get them in black. And you can go check it out on alteredunivers.live forward slash shop. He is so cute. Yes, this is my dog, by the way, people. This is Skeeter. He is so cute. Skeeter is so cute. Um, any last minute thoughts about this? It is big business. Animals are big business. Our pets are big business because we love them. And you're right. We will spend almost anything on our pets, probably even ahead of taking care of ourselves in many respects. Yeah, no, it's it's true. It's going to keep on going. And if that number is right. true in five years from now, it's just going to keep on rising. So right. exactly. always go out, take care of them. You know, holidays are coming. I'll say it again. Make sure everything is good to go before doing anything. Um, and just have your vet and your emergency on speed dial in case you have any questions. Anytime we have a question we don't know, we call them up and say, hey, you know, keep, you know, you might have to go in and there'll be a fee to go see them. But better safe than sorry if you have a question. Absolutely. My cat is off camera. She's sleeping on the window. Yeah, my, my dog is sort of off camera and he's starting to bark. So there you go. Thank you for joining us today. We know that you have a choice as to where you spend your time. You chose to spend it with Rob and I today. We are grateful for that. Go out, give somebody an awesome day. We'll see you next time on Altered Universe Live. See ya.